reproduction of this content is not allowed without the express written consent of EBH Fitness LLC. I'm Dr. C. Victor Irvin III, and I'm taking it to the house. And I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover, and I'm taking it to the house. We wish you Christmas greetings and happy holidays to all. This will be our last show before the new year, so come on in, celebrate with us, have some eggnog or wherever you have that spiced drink, and sit down with us as you watch this show. Vic, man, we had an exciting weekend with the NFL. My, my questions... Number one is your takeaway uh, from this weekend's NFL games. And you got to tell me, uh, I know you got to be proud of your boy Caleb Williams uh, winning the Heisman Trophy uh, this past Saturday. So I, I tee it up. I leave it to you and let you start it off, sir. Actually, anywhere you want. It's up to you, sir. Well, I mean, let's close out the college football season. Uh, what a great honor to watch the seventh officially seventh unofficially eighth if you want to talk about reggie bush getting his heisman trophy uh confiscated uh but what a great weekend to watch caleb williams represent usc a black quarterback representing usc who gets the heisman trophy it's phenomenal phenomenal uh it was great and watching uh what the great turnaround the team has done in the year uh, you asked me last week, was I disappointed in how they fared in the Pac-12 championship? Yes, I was disappointed. However, I am proud of the season they had. Now, I'm doubly proud of the season they had because while the Heisman Trophy may represent an individual award, it's a team award. And what Caleb did at that award ceremony, and even Chris Fowler, the uh, commentator on site, said it, wow, he has his whole lineman here. So to be a selfless leader – but to be an impactful leader and say this award, this award, while it represents me and this university, but I'm bringing my boys here who helped me pass for those, you know, umpteen thousand yards, these 30 plus touchdowns over this year and put us in a position to not only win a Pac-12 championship, but also make it to the college football playoffs. So what a great time. What a great way to celebrate. And again, that's 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 my alma mater. That's my school. So to see us now back on this track to be part of the national discussion. I couldn't have a better weekend when it comes down to college football, but Unk, I mean, you, you, you grew up watching SC boss. So how did that feel to you to watch another Heisman, another Heisman trophy winner uh, represent the golden state? Well, I'm going to feed off of your thread because I didn't think he was a Heisman favorite to go into the year nor did I think USC were going to be mentioned on the national level, uh, except for, you know, maybe uh, t 10 through 20, 25 or so. So to your point, uh, yes, it's an individual award, but he won it and the team won it. And, and to see his boys go out, show the support. 
I, I like the Heisman, but I like the Heisman and the height with the Heisman. And then it goes to my guy here, Caleb Williams, who surprised everybody, elevated his team, elevated his teammates, and then he gets the ultimate award in the college season. So, But I have to disagree with you. One point, you started off by saying we're going to finish the college season. We can't quite do that yet with the playoffs looming. So save that for a later date. But back to USC, proud, my man. We don't want to talk about Reggie, Reggie Bush because that actually puts a little shade on, on Caleb Shine and what they did with his removal of the Heisman. Let's talk about what this man did this year. One, elevated this team. The other, elevated his brand. And that's what it was all about because the transfer portal, Lincoln Riley, all of them coming over. And, and yet they're not done. They're just beginning. The USC changes. The morphing is just beginning so i'm excited for next year this year was great disappointed because in the moment you you feel that emotion you feel the high you feel the low you you, you buy in but we have a lot of hope and a lot of expectations as he wins his heisman trophy and what he the promise for for next year so i'm, I'm with you just ecstatic i'm, I'm happy and glad for the brand, the USC, the family as well. So uh, that's my takeaway. NFL, man, I wanted to say, brother, this is the year to me of the third string quarterback, some fourth string quarterback. Steelers still haven't figured out who their quarterback is. Ravens, we, we lose Lamar, we lose Hundley, and then their third string quarterback comes in and they still win the game. Let's go to the other coast. Let's go to the other side. The 49ers. Nobody mentioned them in Super Bowl talk until they started winning. Their starting quarterback gets hurt in the first game. Garoppolo didn't have a playbook, and he's sitting on the sidelines. He's now thrown in. He gets hurt, possibly out for the season, and they say, oh, no, maybe he'll be back in three or four weeks. Then here comes Purdy. Purdy, it's only only Hollywood can make this stuff up, brother. Only Hollywood can make this stuff up. I don't know if you saw yesterday's game, because uh, that was one of the games of the week for me, the 49ers against Tampa Bay, with a third-string quarterback, and he handled that business. He did what he had to do. He was just the Uber driver. He picked up the load, and he dropped the load off. What they didn't expect was, okay, he can maneuver a little bit in traffic. He can scramble. He's a little more athletic than Jimmy G. And I, I, we talked about it last week. There's not enough film on him. No, there was enough film, and there's, not, there's now more film, but you still got to account for the all pros, running back, tied in, receiver, and a brilliant coach. So I teed up. I give it back to you, toss it back to you on, on the quarterback play in the NFL and, and how these guys are maneuvering with their third string, some of fourth string. Oh, I almost forgot one. Baker May Mayfield coming for Carolina. So, bro, I'm giving you a lot of meat. Here you go. Two on the two on that bone, brother. <laughs> hey, party, 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 party. Hey, party, party, party. <laughs> Look, that dude is a real deal. We we spoke about it last week a little bit. Okay, it's one thing to be the third string quarterback and come in 
and just relieve and finish an existing game. It's another to be the third string quarterback that becomes the first string quarterback and team that you're about to face has a week to prepare for you. You would not have known that guy was quote unquote, Mr. Irrelevant. He came to play such great humility, yet confidence. And when you had those weapons, Ayuk, Debo, Christian McCaffrey, Kittle. I mean, that's just the offensive side. He knew how to use his weapons. And then he showed you I could do it with my legs too. Because for him, he's got to look at it like this. I am literally the kid in the candy store. I was the last person picked in the draft. I was not expected to play with any time in the next three or four years. That's how much the league valued me and being in the NFL. That I have to have a name called Mr. Irrelevant. They don't have a name for the first draft, uh, first round, first pick overall. He's just a, a great player. But you have a name as Mr. Irrelevant. Like, dang. Like, my name is Mr. Irrelevant? So I finally get an opportunity because, hey, for all I know, I did not expect Trey Lance to get hurt. I don't expect Jimmy G. I am literally playing with the clipboard, trying to figure out, hey, how long do I have in the league? Can I learn from Kyle Shanahan? How can I be a great quarterback coach one day? Because chances are this jersey's not getting dirty at all for at least two or three years. And, oh, my goodness, as you stated, okay, first string gets hurt, got it. Jimmy G, he was a starter last year. I know I'm just here to plug the gap. And the dude comes in and he balls, man. He balls. So, so the question is, we already knew Jimmy G was on a short time frame. They already was trying to send him out the pasture. So now when they understand what they're getting Purdy, does Purdy now elevate his status from a three to a two? But guess what else? Purdy's going to have more tape than Trey Lance does. So now, if Purdy balls out, get these – look, get this team who's very qualified. We already know the Eagles are the – is that team to beat. But the Niners with the offensive weapons, and then you look at the defensive weapons. I mean, these jokers look nasty. They made Tom Brady look 45. I mean, they made him look like an old man. They made a whole team who just made that tremendous comeback on Monday night look like, yo, who are y'all? But Purdy did that. So if we're already in week 13, and this dude has at least four more weeks in the regular season plus the playoffs, he will have more playoff experience than Trey Lance. So are we talking about a possible quarterback controversy for next season, if this kid continues to ball out, put the team in the best position to win, I'm interested in how that whole episode unfolds. And he won two games. He's won more games this season than Trey Lance. I'm, hey, it may not be a story, but I will make it a story. I'm interested. I'm all about pretty, pretty, pretty. But what do you think about that Purdy thing? I know we talked about these other quarterbacks, but in particular, what do you think about what you saw from this cat and his potential? Yes. Yes. That's a good take. That's a good take because it's already circulating on the national level. So why not go there? What happens? Who's expendable? What happens next year? Well, some would say we're getting ahead of ourselves. 
because we're not in the moment. But since you brought it up, your favorite saying, if it don't make sense, if it don't make dollars, don't make sense. That's what one of your favorite sayings. So it may come down to the dollar and that's how they operate. The billionaire owner, the general manager, John Lynch, Garoppolo, why pay him that much when you can get Purdy, who's you're not paying anything, and, and Lance, you're not paying anything. And then I want to throw something else in the mix. How Brady this year is talking about, I would like to go back to, I would like to go to the Bay where I grew up. So that'll be another part of the whole mix. He comes into San Francisco. There is no controversy. He will automatically be the starter on a ready-made team. Kittle's getting paid. Debo's getting paid. McCaffrey's getting paid. So it's a it's a high dollary, high salary uh, 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 team. Somebody will have to go. Somebody will have to go. Let's take Brady out of the mix. Those three quarterbacks that you just mentioned with Purdy building up his resume, building up his cachet. Well, to me, with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, I believe in them for that team. And they will choose the best for the team and for the locker room. That's what I believe what's going to happen. So controversy or not, they will make the right choice because Kyle said, uh, you know, Trey Lance, this is going to be your team this year. So Garoppolo was just going to be on standby as it was. But Trey Lance, no, he doesn't have the, uh, the film. He doesn't have the reps. He won't have game reps. And so Purdy, to me, and what we see on the sideline, I see him being elevated because of what he's able to do under these circumstances. And nobody saw it. But remember, he was picked by the 49ers. It wasn't like they got him off the, the waiver wire. He was chosen. Okay, so they saw something and they believe in him and he knows the playbook. That's why he's doing as well as he is in a substitute role. So I don't know. Controversy is good for water cooler talk. And that's a good term. It's good buzzword. But when you have and you are organizational leadership management expert, when you have the leadership of Lynch and a Kyle Shanahan, it won't be a controversy. They'll know who's the best. And not only will they know, but the team will know. And they're going to rally around whoever is the chosen one for next year. But I certainly want to hear your thoughts on, quote, unquote, the potential controversy for next year. Yeah, again, if, if, if he, he takes his team to the playoffs, they are a ready-made Super Bowl team. And I like what you already prefaced. Understand that Brady's out there. We already know that uh, Garoppolo was expendable. He he was just a week or two on the on the on the men's before they say, Oh wow, we needed you anyways. But let's assume he's gone. Trey Lance finally got to the point that this is my team. If they bring in Tom Brady, one, why would they not? He already won a championship for Tampa Bay. And you have a ready-made team. He has more if I know we're talking about Purdy, but the Niner fans would probably love this conversation. If they picked up a Brady, and I'm surprised Aaron Rodgers didn't say anything, but they pick up a Brady, and Brady's working underneath the Kyle Shanahan system, but Brady has these weapons that he has not had in a long time. Again, Christian McCaffrey, who looked like a beast yesterday, Debo, Ayuk, and, and you know, come on, Kittle. I mean, Tom Brady be like, yo, let's go. And why would he not yeah. want to go out on the sunset on that? 
you know, he's always paid homage to uh, Montana. So for him to go into the house that Montana built, ball out, help them all get that one more championship, phase the black, I mean, wow. But what we know right now is that Purdy is on the team as the third string, now activated as the starter. Trey Lance comes back. I look forward to seeing Purdy continue to excel and watch, one, the geniusness of Kyle Shanahan. He has had to go through three quarterbacks in the se- in a playoff-bound season. So I would love to hear the discussion as far as a, a coach of the year candidate because if you look at, he has not missed the beat. That is that is an awesome hire. That is an awesome uh, genius, as he spoke of, that he's able to reload and not miss a beat. Hey, I hear you go. Just follow my system, and you're going to win. And and he's doing it. So it, I, I'm excited. And if I'm a Niner fan, I, I am very excited about the future, but also excited the depth and the, the team, the management team, the leadership team I have, uh, to say this is mine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well said. Well said. The other game uh, that caught my interest was the, uh, the the Chargers, LA Chargers. And then we got Miami that came in. So I'm thinking, okay, Miami's got all these weapons and their easy MVP talk of what uh, Tua Tonga Viola, uh, Justin Herbert stud at the quarterback. Keenan Island comes back, Mike Williams comes back for the Chargers. So I didn't expect the outcome the way it did. I expected Miami to really just roll them. But last week, the week before, uh, the 49ers gave the cheat code to everybody else. Gave the cheat code to everybody else. And so I think now Miami is very vulnerable very vulnerable. What they're doing is they're pressing up on Waddle and, and, and the Cheetah. They're pressing up on them. And yeah, they may get beat deep, but it's now affecting the timing. Tua is a timing quarterback. Troy Aikman was a timing quarterback. It wasn't like read, 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 go. Tua needs you to go to your spot. And these guys are quick enough. And everybody was playing so deep. So the short routes were open, and then they were going to be able to wiggle and get the yards after catch. That's what they were doing, and that's how they were succeeding. Well, people said, no, no, it's not working. Let's get up on them like traditional football, and they're not big guys. You throw them off timing. You you chuck them real good. Those off the timing. Uh Uh-oh, now Tua has to look at the second and third option. There's not that much time when you talk about a 49er defense. You can look at the second and third option. And then most of the defense, oh, the other Bosa boy down there. Well, he's not playing, but it's just the the same concept. They're coming at you. They need to throw them off the timing so that everything is thrown off for Miami. And Tua is showing his vulnerabilities, his weaknesses. He's not that great of a scrambler. He's effective in the pocket. But he's a timing quarterback and he doesn't, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not great. And he's taking his name out of the MVP running. So that was the other game that caught my attention. I don't know if you had a chance to see that. And if you did, you have a, a review or thoughts on uh, the Chargers and Miami game. Totally agree. I believe that that cheat code has been exposed, but that's the beauty of the NFL. We're in week 13. 
And we already know offenses peak a lot earlier than defenses. There's so many rules against the defense. Defense has to understand, uh, you know, their playmakers and, you know, all these new, uh, uh, you know, hot flash, hot take offenses. Yes, Miami come out the gate with two dynamic receivers. Tua has that quick release, and they are destroying teams that first couple weeks. But now you're week 13. You got 13 weeks of tape on you. And when you start playing against these monsters, and I still consider the Chargers the monster. The record may not show, but defensively, these guys are pretty pretty dangerous. We already know Herbert's really dangerous. But for them to go ahead and neutralize the Dolphins, we watch how the Bills, even though the Bills lost that game, they neutralized the Dolphins. Heck, the Ravens neutralized the Dolphins. So there's enough tape out there to understand how do we disrupt. And it was a freak fumble touchdown that allowed at least the score to appear closer than it was. But I think the I think they've been exposed. And it'll be interesting as Miami goes down the stretch, them playing more of their division games, how the Jets, how the Patriots, and how the Bills played them this time, now that there's enough tape on them to see how to disrupt, uh, to your point about that timing. But that does not look like the same team early on. And, again, that's why it's always interesting how the first three or four weeks the pundits are talking about who will be – the MVP. It's four weeks of game tape. Two was at that list. Kirk Cousins was on that list. No yeah. one thought Hurts yeah. was even going to be mentioned. And now you look at week uh, 13 weeks in, you're saying, wow, how did we get it wrong? So I, I think that the, the Chargers have started to recognize or they, they recognize how to beat the, the, the Dolphins. There's enough tape out there. So it was a good game, very entertaining game. You're looking at some of the future quarterbacks of the league. You know, in the beginning of the year, Tua's on a short list of being removed and being uh, them drafting someone. So to watch Tua and Herbert, you start thinking about five or seven years from now that that is that future class of quarterbacks. Uh, it's just exciting to watch. But it'll be interesting to see how Miami responds to this because if I'm not mistaken, I thought – I thought that was two games in a row they lost. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well done. Did you see Baker Mayfield, a Hollywood story on Thursday night? Did you get a chance to watch that at all? Bro, I'm like a 98-yard drive to win the game? Man, and and, and he just came, really just came right off the street. Yeah, yeah. I hope I, I think most people know the story. He was with Carolina. They they waved him. The Rams pick him up. So we're talking about Rams with uh, Matthew Stafford and I, Wolford. I think is their second quarterback. And they had another guy. Then here comes Baker Mayfield. So again, we start off this segment just talking about quarterback play going to the second and third. Some of these guys, their fourth quarterback. Thursday night game, here comes Baker Mayfield, two games, two days into the playbook, playing on national tele, a televised game, and he wins the game. Did he win the game or did the Raiders lose? Did the Raiders just forget how to play the game, how to manage the clock? Derek Carr, I'm an old-time Raiders fan. Back in the day, Raiders, Raiders, Raiders. So, 
And what I'm talking about, Josh Jacobs, yeah, you give him the ball, you give him the ball, you run out the clock. That's what should be happening. That's what should be going on. But I, I just don't know. I just don't know how they would allow the game, make the game that close, you know. So Raiders, I feel like they were culpable in losing the game, allowing the Rams to win the game because the Rams should not should not have won that game. But I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan, but I like the story, that story, that game, that day, and how he was able to – Heisman Trophy winner, the first round draft pick, the number one pick in the NFL – to really highlight that day why so many people believed in him. And then it was a Hollywood made ending for him to march 90 plus yards and to go down and win the game. Exciting. It was good as a fan. Your take, sir. I agree. Exciting as a fan, 48 hours coming off. You barely understand the playbook. You're losing the game for the most part until the last four minutes. They scored two touchdowns in the last four minutes, and that last touchdown was sparked off of a 98-yard drive. As you stated, the Raiders had did everything, just about everything to win that game except what they normally do, penalties and stupid plays. But even, even taking away all that, imagine Josh McDaniel waking up. Imagine Josh McDaniel, while this could be a throwaway season because, hey, this is his first season, but it's the games he lost. How do you – Yes. Yeah. How do you – this guy wasn't on a roster. He, he – he, he, according to Carolina, he was not worth the value for a Carolina team who's not even playoff bound, and they said, we don't want you. They didn't even go for a trade. They just waved them. So you're the Raiders and you lose to a quarterback that really is a nomad. But if you even peel the, peel the onion back a little bit more, this is Josh McDaniels Raiders team that lost to a Colts team who had a coach that ain't never coached before. So now that's two significant losses in your inaugural season. How does that impact the locker room to say we lost against Jeff Saturday and the Indiana Colts when he had never coached a professional football game ever and we lose? How do we lose to the Los Angeles Rams with a losing record and a quarterback they picked up two days before our game? Who answers to that, man? Yes, Baker did what he had to do. But based off of what the Raiders gave him, but dang, that is, uh, if I'm Josh, I am stunned. Like, how did yeah. we do that? Right. Oh, man. So, yeah, from a, J- from a Baker perspective, here it is. It's L.A. That is a movie scene. That is one of those movie scenes where you're in the movies with your boys. You're like, nah, this is cool, but that's not real. That's not happening. That's okay. Wow. That's that's a lot of fantasy. Wow. Okay. You know what? Plot was going well until this. That was so unrealistic. The problem is it really happened. You wouldn't even write that script because it's so unbelievable. Man, I I would be, I I don't know how it feels to be a Raider fan this morning or this season, but that right there, that's a gut punch, man. 
straight gut punch. Imagine the money in Vegas and how it changed hands at that last minute. My goodness. My NBA game of the week. Okay, first I got to plug in my, my, my Lakers. Okay, they had a six-game road trip, and they went three for three and three in the road trip. Uh, so if they go 500 on the road trip, good. Play some good ball, play some bad ball. But I can see the elevation of the team, the team concept. They're playing better team ball. That's all I want. AD was sick one game, so he was – he uh, uh, set uh, – LeBron, yeah. LeBron set out one game, so – they did well. Um, do I want them to win them all? Absolutely. But the game of the week for me was Boston, our producer's team, and Golden State. That was a Sunday night, a Saturday game. And Boston's on the road. It's in Oakland. And Boston is the best team in the NBA. They play it on the, on the court, and the record shows it. Not this night, though. That's a rematch of the, uh, the NBA Finals, Boston against Golden State. And lo and behold, the Dubs are not that good this year. They're not that good. They're not playing like a champion. They're trying to incorporate a lot of young players, new players, to the Dub system, the Dub culture. Cut, pass, cut, pass, crosses. And these young guys just don't know how to do that yet. And so their record indicates that they're trying to uh, bring their level of maturity up for the dub weight on the court. But on this day, when they're playing the, the, the Boston Celtics, when they're playing this game, the dubs look good. Uh, Clay Thompson looked like Clay Thompson. Curry is doing his thing. Poole is having the party. But it wasn't them. It was Boston that wasn't showing up. In particular, Jason Tatum couldn't do anything right. Wasn't able to do anything right. Matter of fact, he looked like he was in the finals again because he didn't have a great finals. And the way he started out this season, he started out like he was mad about the way he showed up in the finals. Well, he's my running, he's my MVP right now. It's early, yes, a lot of games to be played. But up to this point, he's playing the best ball of anybody, except this night, on that night. I don't know what's up with you, Jason. I don't know if it's the cameras are so bright, the, the intensity of the matchup. I don't, I don't know. But that was the biggest game for the Dubs season up to this point. And it really was bad for Boston to lose on national TV again. And it just brought back memories for everybody in my mind about the finals. Yeah, your record says you're good. Great, maybe even. But is your, are you as good as your record? I say yes. And this was, again, a road trip for them. But yet they didn't handle their business when, when they should have. And so don't know if you got a chance to see that. But that's my NBA take. I saw a little bit. Uh... And and I liked what I saw, but at the same time, I trust Steve Kerr. He has an older team, so as he's starting to integrate the young blood, he knows by the time playoff time hits, his boys be ready to play. Last year, no one even picked them to even win the finals. You have a healthy clay that'll continue to integrate. Hey, as long as we're top eight, who cares? I remember in the late 90s, the Houston Rockets were six seed and won it. You know, but you did with Clyde Drexler. Hakeem Olajuwon, so you had an older team. I'm not too concerned 
about them. But to your point, I am concerned about the Boston is Tatum shell-shocked against that team. Uh, what allowed him at that point? And, you know, I probably got to do a little more analysis and producer can probably correct me on the back end. Is most of those 18 wins against a lot of the East Coast teams. You know, what? what's the power rankings type thing? Because we know once the ball comes to the West, it's a whole different, whole different game. And so uh, it was great just to have some quality basketball. But, and you're right, on paper, that was the best game of the weekend. That was the matchup. But the game I'm intrigued about is this little skirmish in the Western Conference, man. These jokers feeling themselves. And I'm talking about feeling themselves. I'm talking about the Pelicans, bruh. Pelicans be stuck. <laughs> I mean, you know, look, Zion said, look, I ain't played enough. But I tell you what, don't disrespect my team like you did last year. They said, no, don't yeah. duck. He's like, uh, Yama, what now? This boy's giving him that on the sidelines. Like, yeah, you did right. Like, you have got to want to follow this. They get to play three to four times a year. And so to see that, a young team, say, we going against you, number one seeded team from last year. We ain't scared of you. And they got 18 wins. So let's not forget the West is deep. I know the Boston Celtics got 18 wins, but again, 18 wins in the East, 18 wins for the West Coast. Look, the Pelicans are that team that has so much moxie right now, they don't know what to do with it because they made it to the show last year. And now they got their core, C.J. McCollum, Zion, you got Ingram, you got your vet, you got you got a good coach, and them jokers are straight Uganda, and they want say something. Say something. I mean, just that, that I mean, so that that impressed me. That really impressed me because I'm like, did they just do that? Because you know, protocol, there's some customs and courtesy, there's the unwritten rule. Look, you win in the game, you just drill the ball out. <laughs> no, Zion knew exactly what he did, and he said it himself when interviewed. Yeah, I know he don't do this kind of stuff, but I didn't like how that team disrespected us last year. So to have that in his head all season and to be in the position to put that dagger with a dunk and then look at the mugs, all he needed to do is grab his gonads and say, what? <laughs> and that was great. So I just love that. I just love that, man. Really all y'all watching, yeah, this is PG-13 today. <laughs> <laughs> and to top it off, they went to Phoenix's house after that dust-up and beat them in, in Phoenix. So they said, okay, we're going to do this at home. I'm going to do a 360 dunk. You get mad. I'm still going to go to your house. I'm going to kick in the door. I'm going to go to your refrigerator. I'm going to grab a beer, and I'm going to tell your wife to sit on my lap. That's what they did. The Pels are that bad. Okay? I love it. Good take. <laughs> Good take. Man, yeah, yeah. I'm having fun. I've had fun, and we're at the end of this show already. I started off by saying salutations and happy holiday to our fans out there. I hope you guys are having as much fun as we are. We're two seasons in, and we're having a blast being able to laugh at ourselves. We want to know what your teams are doing. You're upset. You're happy. What's going on? The college playoffs are about to kick off. The NFL is getting right. And if you're playing fantasy, 
Some of us are just uptight right about now, but I, that's a, a story for another day. I just want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Please be safe. If you're drinking, don't drive. It's pretty simple. If you're drinking, don't drive. Let somebody else take your keys and get you home safely. Live for the, uh, the next day. I'm, I'm Dr. Timothy Hooper, and that's me taking it to the house. I echo everything you said. What a great show today. Look, I'm hyped. I know I could go another 30 minutes, but we'll save that for, you know, for the green room and for our fans. Hey, holler at us. I know you were engaged because I got a, quite a few text messages already. I want to say it's been great work with you all this year. You know, as my co-host stated, this is our last show of the year. We'll see you in New Year. However, be safe. Happy holidays. And listen up. COVID is, is ramping up. So is the flu shot, this RSV. If you're going to see your loved ones, and you're going to see any aging family members who may be immunocompromised, get your flu shot. Make sure your boosters are up. Enjoy this time, but be safe. Be safe from your health. Be safe making great decisions. But at the end of the day, have a great time. Football, basketball, it's in the mix. And we're going to do this thing again come 2023. So again, take care. Be safe. See us on your social media sites. I'm Dr. C. Victor Herbert III. Have Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Take it to the houses out. Did he win the game or did the Raiders lose? Did the Raiders just forget how to play the game, how to manage the clock? Derek Carr, I'm an old-time Raiders fan. Back in the day, I'm a Ram fan too. Oh, I'm, when it comes to the NFL, I'm just a hope. Yeah, I'm just a hoe. All you got to do is show me the money and I'm going to be your girl that night. Yes, when it comes to the NFL. <laughs> I'm